Hello, and welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer, not just for Louisiana, but for the entire northern Gulf Coast. And now, introducing your host, Alan DeRitter. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Football, our January 13th edition, 2020. Uh, welcome to the show. I'm Coach Alan Doretto, head soccer coach for Delisle High School's Boys and Girls Programs and Director of Coaching at Soccer Innovations of America. We like to uh, uh, always start off our show with a prayer. And Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear God, thanks for letting us have this show. Thanks for letting us have this opportunity to continue to give all the kids and coaches and uh, everybody involved in soccer really a voice. Um, a, a spoken voice as opposed to the written word that could be misconstrued. Give everybody a chance to, to speak and, and say what they mean instead of have what they say uh, really just twisted around and turned around. I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for all of our sport supporters and benefactors. I pray that we'll continue to be on the air, God, but God willing, God. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, we've got a good show for you. Uh, we tried to get a. Uh, I'm trying to get get all of Division One and Division Two, uh, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that. But we're going to try to preview now that district is about to start. Uh, we had some exciting guests for you. We're going to have Sean Moser from St. Paul's kind of give you his spin on what's going on in Division One, then Division Two, Chad Vadreen from Boshin, and then the girls Division One. We got Matt Jacquet from Saint Scholastica and. Uh, I'm trying to get somebody to represent Division Two, but we might have to push that till next week, okay? And uh, I, I guess tonight's kind of tough because of the uh, the uh, LSU game, which everybody's kind of focused on and all. So um, anyway, just those three interviews are worth turning on the show for. Whereas well, we're standing right now, um, uh, which is not where we're going we're to be standing three weeks from now. So don't make don't don't. Uh, Make any mistake there, a district is grueling. But right now, if we had the playoffs, your top four seeds in the girls on Division One is, is no surprise. North Shore, Mandeville, Mount Carmel, and Bird, okay? And with the Dominican, close. I mean, as close as you can get. Um, 0.2 power points away uh, in fifth place. And with St. Joe's out there, and St. Scholastica lurking and getting better at the eighth spot. And so uh, Division One is always Division One, huh? And Division Two, your top four seeds as of today, St. Thomas More, Caddo Magnet, Turlings Catholic, and Neville. But you got Vanderbilt Catholic lurking out there at the five seed, and they're very, very hungry. And I, I would not uh, count out also Ben Franklin, who looks like they're back into form. In Division Three, you have your number one seed is Loyola Prep. St. Louis is number two. Archbishop Hannon is number three, and St. Michael the Archangel is four. Okay, another dangerous team is uh, is the fifth uh, seed, Parkview Baptist, who is undefeated right now. So, uh, Division Three is very competitive, as well as Division Four. Right now, we have top seed is Homo Christian. What a program they have. I mean, where do they come from, really, in relative to how much time they've been around here? Episcopal second, Christ Episcopal third, Isidore Newman is fourth, and Grace Christian is not doing so bad uh, in fifth. So uh, when it comes to the girls, we, we, uh, we really don't have any surprises there. 
And uh, and the playoffs, if they were held right now, would be a lot of fun. But thank God we got just a couple more. We got a couple more weeks of high school soccer to still enjoy. I don't know about y'all, but I'll, I already feel cheated that the season's already over, and I, I'd much rather um, uh, play for another month. But that's that's neither here nor there. Okay, in the boys division one, uh, no surprises here. St. Paul's Dutchtown, Dennis Springs Jesuit, with Catholic lurking at fifth. Watch out now, Brother Martin's been inching up and uh, to seventh. And, of course, Bird's right there at, at sixth. In Division Two, St. Thomas More, Boshin, Holy Cross, and make a note of this one, y'all, Bonneville. Okay, no surprise there. Bonneville's finally in the division they should be in. And uh, and watch out. If you draw them, you're going to have your hands full. Uh, and lurking right outside is Neville, who's having a great, great, great season. In Division Three. Vanderbilt, North Vermilion, Bozier, and Edie White. Played Edie White the other day. Very solid team. Scouted North Vermilion the other day. Uh, they, they are dangerous, okay? We had them on the show a few weeks ago. Haven't seen Vanderbilt or Bozier, but their, their results speak for themselves. I did see Parkview Baptist play, and they're lurking at number five. So you got a lot, a, a real solid group of uh, teams in the top seeds there. In Division Four, you got Episcopal Baton Rouge, Rapids, Newman, and Christ Episcopal. Lucky me, I get to play them next week. Anyhow, Christ Episcopal is fourth, and then you have Catholic New Iberia lurking on the outside. But uh, it, it's really interesting. We look at Division Four, like Catholic is three, Catholic New Iberia is three, six, and four. So the records are kind of kind of funny in Division Four, and uh, uh, who knows how that's all gonna gonna uh, play out. And that's what's so fun about district now. We're all grinding into our district, and we just got to stay focused. And and boy, injuries play a huge role in in uh, in what goes on now and uh, what goes on in February. So. Uh, exciting soccer all the way. Uh, I'm sad to see it almost over. Anyway, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to the number one team, uh, the number one team in, in the state, probably in the country, Sean Moser from St. Paul's School on Monday Night Football. You voice for youth soccer. We'll see you after the break. Welcome back to Monday Night Football, everybody. Now we're uh, really blessed to have Coach Sean Moser here with us, head coach at St. Paul's. Welcome to the show, Coach. Hey, John. Thanks, Colin. Okay, well, we're kind of summing up now, getting ready for the playoffs in each division and each gender. And I really uh, think that you are the right person to call when it comes to Division One. First of all, could you describe to everybody what kind of season you all having at St. Paul's? It looks like it's a magical one. Yeah, yeah, we um we returned a good amount of starters uh, from last year's team. Graduated probably eight or nine, uh, but only four starters. So we really had a good group of uh, returning players come back. Um, and our junior class is uh is actually very strong as well. So we're we're thirteen and zero in the state, uh, and then we won six games out of state, three in Mississippi and three in Florida tournament. So we're overall nineteen and zero. Uh, averaging about four goals a game and giving up, I think, one point three goals a game. So we're playing pretty well right now. It really does sound that way. How hard is it to keep that program playing at that level? 
Um, it was difficult. Um, and that's why we tried to play, you know, for the last couple of years we've gone to Orlando twice, uh, San Diego, Dallas, and this year we went to Tampa. So we play, try to play the best teams in the state, um, not only in our division, but we, you know, Holy Cross and a couple other DC schools. And, uh, so we try to play the best competition in the state and then go outside the state to give us a, some more challenges as well. And we were lucky to win the uh, Tampa Bay Invitational um, just about two weeks ago. But it is, uh, it is difficult at times. To, you know, the district-wise will have a couple good, you know, good quality competition or competitive games, and then there's a couple of uh, kind of younger teams that, that, aren't, that aren't as deep. And so, you know, we can go deep into the roster in those games, but it is kind of difficult at times to the competition level up. Okay, so y'all are the cream of the crop, it looks like to us from the outside in in Division One. Who do you think are the teams that, that are uh, going to give you the most uh, uh, sleepless nights uh, before you have to play them? Yeah, well, we've seen everybody so far. Um, I we probably haven't seen or played against Brother Martin, and, the, and we've seen everybody else either play them or I've seen them play. Um, that sound, that sound was good. Of course, they've got Zane, who's probably arguably the best player in the state. Um, and they're organized and they're very athletic. Santa Long was very athletic when we played. And Lafayette was very quick. Um, and scored, got two goals against us. The only team who had scored twice, uh, both kids. Um, Dem Springs, I think, is young, but they're, they're usually very well organized and both very well coached. Um, and then Jesuit gave us, got scored late and then made that 2 1, so it was a little bit closer than us. Than I expected, um, and then Mandeville's actually having a good year so far. I know they graduated uh, from talent from two years ago and last year, but um, I was surprised at some of the results. And they actually looked good a couple of days ago when they played North Shore. Played really well against North Shore. So I think the top ten um, in the polls that have been up to the top ten, uh, the same consistent team uh, from the get go. And Catholic was very good. We've got a, a, a couple of goals on them late. Um, and they're young, but they were very athletic and very well organized as well. So there's a couple of teams that could, uh, that could make some runs in the playoffs. Okay, does this ever get old for you? <laughs> um, every year, you know, every year is different. This group, like I said, um, it probably returned more people than usual. Um, usually, it's, you know, for St. Paul, it's, it's difficult uh, for freshmen, almost possible for freshmen, they're very difficult to follow. Course, make the team. So I usually only have them for about two years um, as juniors and seniors. So it's not like, you know, they're playing for me for four years and they get, uh, you know, used to the drills or to the practices and all that. So it's kind of, it keeps it kind of uh, fairly fresh uh, that I don't have a player, you know, that plays for me, you know, eighth grade, ninth grade, tenth grade, eleventh grade kind of thing. So, um, you know, I'm kind of just getting those kids in the second year, the seniors. Uh, before they're moving on, maybe to play in college or they graduate. So, it's, um, every year is different, um, and, and it kind of keeps me motivated to uh, to have to keep this level of success and try to and try to keep it up there. So, it's a challenge. Um, I've been asking every North Shore coach this question, and I'd be interested to hear your answer. Do you think on the North, on the North Shore it's very physical? I mean, that's undeniable. And um, do you think that's a good or a bad thing? Um, I think that seems to be the way that a lot more of the, if we switch from high school to club, a lot more of the, of the club competition games are like that, especially when we play out of state. 
So we just got back from, yes, it is just going North Shore soccer. We just got back from Florida and we were surprised at how much they let go there. Um, the first game kind of, I think, caught us off guard uh, with what, the amount of physicality that were letting go. And then we kind of, we grew into the second game and I think we used it to our advantage. And the third, because we are very fast um, a team as well. So we kind of absorbed the physicality and got better as the tournament went on. So in the finals, we won against the best team there. We won 5-1, where the first couple games were you know, 2-1, 3-1. Um, so having said that, I was surprised how physical the Florida athletic get. Um, and then, yeah, it is kind of a, um, it's a very good, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of physical play over the year. Um, but having said that, I think we, we do, especially late in the season, we, we tend to start to do a lot more set pieces and free kick work. Um, and then, you know, last year in the, in the finals, we got all three of our goals all. Uh, yeah. free kicks uh, from fouled. So, um, you know, if you are, are going to play that way, then you got a, a, a you know, decent team that can absorb that and play through it and or has, has worked on the corner kicks, the free kicks and all that, um, then it's going to come back and bite you. I agree with that. Totally, Coach. Um, who do you think is the uh, sleeper in Division One? A team that's off everybody's radars but is on your radar? Um... You know, I saw I saw some of those. I was um, I saw a lot of those kind of mid-teen ranks. You know, I'm not you know, saying this poll is everything, but you know, there's the teams that are getting decent results. Kind of a Central Lafouche, a West Jeff, um, a Bird, a Captain Shreve. These teams that are now in that 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 category, and I saw them all play at Copa, and there's some quality teams. Uh, West Jeff is very organized and very physical. They can't go deep into their bench, but their starters are good. So, and then I've heard some good things about Central Lafouche and how they're playing. I know they put two on um, Dutchtown, I think, in a 4-2 game. So, and they got a decent result here and there against Brother Martin and all that. So I think there was a death for him. I thought was, was very athletic and organized. And I know that they took Jesuit to 3-2 a couple weeks ago. So there's a couple teams that are right outside the top. You know, six or seven that have been ranked, you know, in the top six or seven, the, the eight through 15 teams that I thought were pretty, uh, pretty solid when I saw them. All right. Um, you have the mic for the last minute or so. Any kind of message you want to give to everybody about high school soccer that you've been dying to tell anybody or want any kind of uh, advice or encouragement or anything? <laughs> no, I think mean, there's a. There's a lot of good teams out there, and I, you know, I guess I was talking to someone the other day about you know the rankings, poll rankings, and uh, I think you know, those are all the power ranking stuff is interesting nowadays. But at the end of the day, you know you've got to win. You know you got to win all all four or five of your playoff games. Whether you see a whether you see a six seed in the regions or you play a fifteen seed in the semis kind of thing. Um, you know, they're kind of like the Tennessee Titans, you know, if they get to the Super Bowl, they'll have gone, gone through, you know, one, two, three, and four, all the teams ranked above them kind of thing. Right, and right. Having, um, so, you know, if, if, once you get the playoffs, it's just, uh, you know, it's a game for game thing. And at the end of the day, anyone could, uh, could be in the finals. We just have been lucky to be in the finals for nine years in a row. So, um, yeah, there's, you always have to worry. You always have to be, you know, uh, as prepared as possible and execute your game plan and, uh, maybe the sock got the smiling. <laughs> well, Coach, thanks for taking your time. Um, 
uh, to be on the show and uh, and thanks for all you do with soccer and how how excellent you're running that program and forcing everybody to raise that bar. Uh, I, I do agree with playing tournaments outside of the state and uh, it doesn't do anything but mature your team and. And uh, anyway, I just want to tell you that we admire you over here and look forward to watching your run in the playoffs this year. All right, thanks, Alan. I'll talk to you soon. All righty. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, everybody, that was uh, Coach Sean Moser, and uh, their juggernaut is still rolling over there at St. Paul's, and I don't see anybody stopping it anytime soon. And uh, and you know my opinion about Division One. Really, I think everybody else is scrambling to find out who gets to lose to them in the finals. Uh, so far, I have not seen anything to change that position. Uh, but you never know, and, and it sounds to me that um, they're ready uh, and for anybody at any time. So I don't think anybody's going to surprise them in the playoffs. So having said all that, it's it's going to be a rough rough. Uh, go for anybody who's got St. Paul's in their bracket and uh, I wish them the best anybody can win any given day but uh, they have a machine over there at St. Paul's okay we're going to take a break and when we come back oh, we're going to be talking a little bit about um, Division 2 soccer on Monday Night Football we'll see you after the break All right, everybody, welcome back to Monday Night Football. Now we're going to take a, view, a look at Division Two and talk to, uh, used to be a regular on our show, uh, Bo Shins head coach, Chad Vadreen. Welcome back to the show, coach. Hey, nice to be here, Adam. Thank you. I mean, Alan, thank you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm tired, too. Right now we're in the grind, and uh, it's a happy grind, but it's still a grind physically, you know? Um, oh, yeah. Bo Shins had a, a, a very interesting year. Uh, could you kind of summarize it uh, in a few words? With us, um, yeah, we're, uh, we lost a few key players last year, but we returned a, a lot of good attacking talent. And, uh, we, uh, we had to kind of rebuild our back line with, you know, some kids moving here and there from traditional positions they played. And it took us a little while to kind of start getting it together. We had... No issue scoring all year. It's been defending leads and, and stuff like that. That's kind of been our Achilles deal. But we we scheduled we scheduled kind of tougher. Um, we played some pretty good D one teams. Um, all of our losses have been to teams currently in the top four of their power ratings, or uh, with the exception of Santa Mall, who is in Acadiana, but they're top Division one teams that are going to be you know making a little run in the playoffs. So you know we were happy with that, and we. We've got a couple kids that came up with an eligibility last week, and you can instantly see. I mean, they were they were two starters. So, you know, uh, one starter for sure. That's a senior forward that came back, started for two years, had to miss two thirds of his senior year because of you know he didn't take care of his academic responsibility, and now he's back, and it's been a real boost in the arm the last couple games. Okay, so uh, so it sounds like now you got all the pieces together to make a run. And um, and but you haven't been playing around. You've been playing some of the best teams in D two. Uh, who do you think are the are the real favorites in D two besides you guys? Well, I mean, we've seen just about everybody, whether we watched them or, or played some of them. And uh, I mean, the, the coaches poll and the power ratings are both pretty accurate right now in the top few. You know, it's uh, you know, Holy Cross, uh, FCM, and us are, are pretty much the three that's always voted in the coaches' polls in the top three, and, and they're in the three in the power ratings right now. And you've got Abominable, you've got East Jefferson, you've got Ben Franklin coming up, and up north you've got Neville, 
was pretty impressive. I, I've got to say we played them, and they're a real scrappy bunch. They're well-coached, and they're going to win a lot of games up north. I think them and Washita are playing either today, tomorrow, something like that, and that's going to be for that district up there because Washita is a pretty scrappy team as well. Um, there's other uh, sleepers. I'm, I know Terrebonne looked good, good earlier in the season. At Copa, especially, they look pretty decent. And But you got you got a good crop of D2 teams that, that are going to make runs into the playoffs. Um, I haven't seen y'all uh, at De La Salle. I, I missed the chance to watch y'all at the uh, showcase who are playing at the same time every time. But, um, you know, there's a few teams I haven't seen. I uh, hadn't seen them in Franklin, but their results are looking really like they're back you know, this year. So it's going to be fun to watch. I think D2 is like D3 and D4 are pretty much wide open this year. Yeah. Um, um, Thank God uh, we're out of that mess. I mean, we're in D three right now at De La Salle, but uh, uh, we've been in D two forever. But but uh, who do you think are the team the the team or teams are going to sneak up on people if they don't do a good job of scouting? Uh, some some diamonds in the rough that are off people's radars. Well, first of all, I think this year is the year you cannot afford to not scout. You, you need to scout because. Nobody, and I'm counting the three of us up top that everybody always votes up top, we can't assume we're going to go into a second round or a quarterfinal and just roll over somebody because I don't think, first of all, any of us are that good that we've been in the past that much better than some teams. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that it's more of a, a, a parity after the top three, four, five that those teams can beat anybody on a given day. Maybe those teams can't win a state title. But they can beat any of us on any given round. So I think that's what really makes it wide open this year. Um, some team, team names, I mean, be, I'd be afraid to play a Terrebonne, um, especially if you have to go over there. They're, they're, they look really well. They look like a really well-put-together team when I saw them at Copa. Um, you, you've got uh, East Jefferson, who's supposed to be down this year, and I don't think anybody buys that. Yes, they lost a lot of talent. But they're going to be just as good as they are. And, and one thing that always scares me in playoffs, and it's one of the reasons why I think we do so well in playoffs, when you have experience in going really far, when, you, when you've been to semifinals a lot, you know, and, and been past quarterfinals or two quarterfinals a lot, your boys and your whole program get that experience and that expectation that, you know, you know what it takes to get there, you know what kind of discipline it takes, how to approach it. And those are the teams that scare you the most in playoffs. When they have that experience, and East Jefferson has gotten a lot of that experience over the last three, four years. Uh, I made the comment a while back, probably two, three years ago, when we played them in the state semifinals. They had never been that far. And we had been there at that point, I think, four out of five years or six out of seven, something like that. And I knew that that would be what would put us through, that our experience in that semifinals, it was. Because I'm not going to lie, I think they were probably a more talented team than us. But... We just have that experience that deep in the, in the playoffs. And now that a team, that a program with Jonathan have been there, been there, I think, three, four years now, they've got that experience. So they're going to be one, I don't care if they're ranked eight, nine, five, four, whatever they're at, that's a team that nobody wants to face, I promise you. Nobody knows anything about Bonneville besides the people in New Orleans. And all we've been hearing all year is watch out for Bonneville. And I think they're four in the power rating. Um, that's going to be a team nobody wants to face. Um, Parkway from up north is putting up a lot of wins. I don't know. I've not, I've not seen them. They're a team that could do something. Benton is scrappy. We played them earlier in the year. I know he had some, some transfer 
anger issues that came out. And um, so he had to rebuild some unexpected spots on his team. Um, he's going to be better. A cattle magnet is always there. Even though they look like they're down this year, who wants to play them in a second <laughs> round or quarterfinal? Not me. <laughs> you know, and then what about Lakeshore? Lakeshore has been to the finals last year. They've been deep years before that. Uh, I think they got upset a couple years ago, but besides that, they're constantly in the quarters. Yeah, they lost a lot of players. They still had a lot coming back. Who wants to play that? You know what I'm saying? Right now, I think they're like a 15 if you look at it today. So that, that team, if you look at that, you, you don't want to face them. And like I said, you don't want to take advantage, take any team for, uh, you know, granted, because I don't think any of us are good enough to roll over anybody in the second round quarterfinals, especially you don't show up with your best game. Well, look, y'all have uh, C. Thomas Moore coming up soon uh, in a couple of weeks uh, oh, to, yeah. to, as your uh, capstone for your district. What do you, what do you like? Do you like your chances against them? Uh, I think any time us two step on the field, it can go any way. Um, it, it's, uh, it's a rivalry. It, it's, it's not our biggest rivalry, but it's starting to get there. It's a rivalry for a See, I mean, it looks like it could be. If you look at uh, what we all have left between Holy Cross, us, and them, the power ratings that are available to us in the next few weeks, um, if we can all take care of business in other spots, that's how the games we have, that that game should be. See, so it's huge. I mean, we're not going to we, – we tell our kids every game's a playoff game and we're treating everyone like a playoff game as soon as January started. But that, I mean, to say we're not kind of peeking ahead, it's, it's ludicrous because who wouldn't be peeking ahead? I mean, the newspapers are already talking about it after we beat North Million the other night, you know? So it's, it's coming. We just have to make sure we don't overlook anybody, take care of business that we can up until then and, and let the chips fall where they may. It's at our stadium. We like playing at our stadium. We feel we're a much better team in our stadium. And uh, I think it's a definite advantage to us, you know, uh, versus them to play on our field grass, uh, smaller, not quite as wide as the, the turf at FTM, and it, it plays into the style we play. Yeah, I tell you what, I've never had any success at their stadium yet. It's a very hard place to play. I haven't played at your place yet, and I'm sure uh, that's going to be a definite uncomfortable factor for them because they are definitely comfortable at home. Well, I can tell you a story real quick about last year's game. We had scouted FTM all year. I mean, probably two, three times. And they played a style that we thought we could take advantage of on our field. And credit to their coach, an amazing coach, Mark Yellow. And we found out more after the season, because our boys all know each other, you know, and they play club together and stuff like that. He changed his entire tactic for that one game on our stadium field and everything else. And it worked because we didn't get to make our adjustments almost until halftime. And by that time, we were already down two goals. So wow. he totally changed everything. He played more direct and took advantage of one of our weaker players who was young at the time. And I mean, it was it was well done. You know, well done, and, and credit to him. You know, they deserved that game the way they did it last year. And they went back to business as usual, playing the same way they always play right after us. Wow. So, um, <laughs> I, I kind of probably might expect some of that this year. It's also forced us to maybe look at some wrinkles that maybe we can throw and maybe work on between now and then that might, you know, take them off guard. So, I mean, everybody knows about our guy, Adrian, that was the state MVP, co-MVP of offense last year. And 
everybody looks for them. So, you know, the one thing I can say about us is we've, we've got some more options this year, and especially the last couple of weeks with the additions that came in, you know, we, we found a way to score without him. You know, even though he's got 30-something goals right now, we, we had six different goal scorers in the last three games. Wow. So, yeah, 15 goals by six different goal scorers. So it, it's, it's something we've been working on a little bit with our eye to the future because we know when we play top teams, they're going to look to take him out the game. So, you know, it, it's, we're, we're not going to be a one-man, two-man type scoring. We, we need to have three or four options. Isn't it a beautiful thing after you've gotten through the grueling parts of the season when you see a team finally starting to gel at the end? I mean, yeah. isn't it just a thing of beauty? I, I, I love it, you know? You know, us usually, we end up going through like a, a, a downtime during the holidays. Like we, we fall, I guess we get burned out a little bit and, and everything. And, and usually we have to catch up in January. Sometimes we have injuries because we play tournaments early in January and stuff like that, and, and we're, we're knocked up and knocked around. And this year, we didn't play a tournament after the showcase for the first time in about five, six years. We, we kind of load managed a little bit. We went to Santa Mall, and we were missing four starters, and that turned out to be a blessing in disguise because I don't think we would have beat Santa Mall anyway. And those kids got the rest that weekend. And we came back after the holidays, and, and this is the best we have ever looked in 14 years of Bochan right after the holidays. Like, we are playing like we normally play in February right now. My thing is not peaking too early now. Like, let's let's keep playing playoff-type soccer right now, every day. It's only one game on the weekdays, one game on a Friday, the rest of the season. There's no more tournaments, no more four games in 24 hours. Take it easy. Let's load manage right. Let's practice well when we do practice hard, and let's go. You know, and, and I think it's working better. It's something, I guess, as I get older and, and a little bit less stubborn, I, uh, I've kind of like given in to different, you know, little little theories, and I think it's working for us, and I, I hope it continues to work. Well, Coach, thanks a lot, and uh, I wish you the best for the rest of the year, and we're going to be keeping a close eye on Boshin and everybody on D2. Well, I appreciate it, Alan. You know, we got a long way to go, and, you know, our boys are looking forward to it, and hopefully we can get to the end with the – other top teams that, that everybody expects to be there and, and, and have a great, you know, quarter semis. And, and hopefully, other than that, you know, well, at least at least two of us will get that far in Hammond. But, you know, we'd love to get another crack at it. We had two chances in the last five, six years. And we always thought we were there a year early. So we'd love to get there one year with a team we feel is not a year early. And it's the time for that team. So hopefully... You know, we get a good luck, a good little amount of luck and some blessings from above, and, and hopefully that happens. Uh, I couldn't happen to a better person. Good luck, Coach. I appreciate it, Alan. Thanks so much. Take care. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, y'all, and that was Coach Chavadrine. Uh, we used to uh, – we were live on the radio. We'd have him come and give the top ten every Monday night. But now that we're doing a podcast, it's just it's – just, uh, I try to spread spread the wealth out, calling all the all the coaches that I can uh, throughout the state. But uh, it was nice to hear him begin on the radio, and I got to see them play um, a few games in the showcase just behind my back. and And it sounds like they're a totally different team than they did in the showcase than they were playing in the showcase. And so, uh, 
Uh, that's a team that's hungry. Uh, yeah, it's a coach that's hungry and ready to win. So I, I think uh, you don't want to run into Bo Shen in the playoffs. Okay, uh, that's going to do it for the boys. Now we're going to come and, and talk about girls division one on the next segment. Okay, uh, with uh, Matt Jockey, the head coach from St. Scholastica on Monday Night Football. We'll see you after the break. Welcome back to Monday Night Football, everybody, and we're uh, pleased to have on the line now our uh, Division One coach, uh, Coach Matt Jacquet. Coach, welcome back to the show. Hey, Coach. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, y'all been having an interesting year this year as we've been keeping up with y'all. Uh, uh, could you explain uh, your year and from your point of view? Yeah, look, um, we, I think everybody knew that we had a big senior class last year. Not only just as far as gamers, business experience and talent. And, you know, this year is, I don't want to say young. I mean, a lot of teams out there are young. And this team is game experience, young. Um, so we just had some growing things there in the beginning, trying to just figure out who we were and what we needed to do to, to get to the, put us in the right position come, you know, January and February. And I think it's come along, but by no way, shape, or form are we where we kind of need to be. Okay. And so, um, so, uh, of, of Division One, it looks like y'all are now starting to peak at the right time. Y'all had to play Mount Carmel, and, and you beat them one nothing. Uh, how did that game go? I think the really good matches back and forth. My team was a great team. They've got great talent in that, in that group. Um, our girls, you know, they played really well. Uh, I was really proud of their efforts that night. We were very good from that day. And, um, you know, overall, our girls just um, worked really hard to get the results. And, uh Pretty much played the best of the best. Who who do you think are the uh the, the favorites in division one besides y'all? Yeah, I mean speaking of how you know, it's like, you know, I think one of the things when you talk about growth things is schedule that we've played is really you know, has really helped us and helped us get through the Okay. Um, do you have any players that are standing out right now? Now that they're young and they're starting to peak, uh, that might wind up being an all district and all state. Well, I mean, I have you know, a senior, like uh, White, a captain, she's you know, she's been really good for it this year. She's the one that scored the goal against Tom Formal. Um, she's really um, she's one of our one of our players that really works and really kind of sets the tone for our team. We have a junior like Haley Waterhouse that's going out there and just kind of the same level they are, just really good on the ball and uh, real quick kind of sets the tone for the rest of this 
You know, there's a lot of young players that are really starting to come in their own, starting to understand what, what it means to play at this level. So, um, yeah, just, just overall a good group of, of young players coming up. But those two have, uh, have really um, have really put in the work and kind of try to put us into, into the next level. Well, because these are a lot of girls that were not starting last year, I guess they don't feel the target on their back, or do they, from having to be defending yeah, I champs? Think, I, I think they feel it because, I mean, you know, with this program, they, they know that what's expected, what's the ex- expectations. And, with, you know, with us losing so much games, obviously, and there's a lot of teams that do that, you know, they're, they're going to try and come and give us their best, knowing that this could be the year that they say, um, that they take knock it out, and you know, in the beginning of the year, that's how it was. And I don't think it's going to happen later down the road uh, here, here in the near future. But you know, you said the, the girls have uh, matured; they've grown up; um, they they faced adversity, adversity, and you know, things are they are showing that they, they can handle it, and hopefully, they can keep that mindset going forward. Well, Coach, thank you for giving me some of your time. And, of course, we're going to be keeping a close eye on SSA. And and I have a feeling that y'all best days are yet to come. And uh, I wish you the best in the playoffs. Uh, first, let's get through district, though, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You, know, you want to get through district, you want to make sure you know, we come out healthy with that. And we're coming out peaking like we're supposed to come February time. And then you never know what happens after that. Let's we'll see what happens. All right. Well, take care, Coach, and God bless you. All right. Thanks, Coach. You too. All righty. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, y'all. And that was Coach Matt Jockey and uh, uh, one of my favorite coaches uh, around. I mean, not only did he win three titles at Newman, now he's trying to win back-to-back here at SSA. And he's a cut of my cloth and the fact that instead of just uh, – uh, I work with a lot of coaches that really believe you got to win games first and schedule teams that you have to win and to make them believe in themselves. I, I kind of believe the opposite, that you need to play the best and either respond to it or or uh, you can't, you know. And uh, I'm always going to be that way. And it looks at uh, really looking at his schedule and looking at, you know, Coach Moser's schedule or St. Paul's. Of course, their programs are established. I get all that. But uh, you don't get better if you're playing weak teams. You just can't, okay? Uh, you got a false sense of security because the playoffs are the playoffs. You're going to be running into a brick wall. And um, and if you're not ready to play, watch out. Well, well, that's going to do it for our show tonight. I tried very hard to get one of the top four teams in Division Two. Uh, to to pony up and get on the show, but with the LSU game uh, lur- lurking really at the at the um, at our press time, uh, I guess you know we can't beat out LSU even with soccer people. Uh, I guess football comes first, you know. We'll try to cover uh, Division Two girls next week, and then also cover Division Three and Division Four um, as we continue on with the season. So I wish all of you and your family the very best. Uh, We started Ordinary Time in the Catholic Church today, and uh, I pray that everybody have a blessed end of their seasons uh, in soccer. Um, And um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can get in touch with us at MNFUTBOL on Twitter or on Facebook. We'll be glad to get get whatever you need uh, to be addressed on the air. God bless you and your families. Carpe diem in Christ, and we'll hopefully see you next week on Monday Night Football. Bye-bye.